Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, Kua. We are still in our series called The Beginning. This is week nine of our 12-week series where we are digging into our foundation, which is what we've been talking about all year. We've been leaning into the word that God gave us to live out in 2022, which is sturdy. Now, to be sturdy, we will need to make sure we are built on the right foundation because it doesn't matter how well you're put together, right? You could be the strongest thing possible. If you built a house and you put it on like a tiny little pebble and had to balance it, it would fall apart. It doesn't matter. And we see Jesus talk about this exact concept in a parable. Here's what he said. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat again, and that's why this series has been so important to us. We have taken the first few months of the year to make sure that we are building our lives in the most sturdy way possible by making Jesus our foundation. There's nothing that could be possibly more sturdy than that. Now, before we go any further with this message, I just want us to take a moment to stop and pray. So you can just pray this along with me. Jesus, Thank you for today. Thank you for the time that you've given to us here to dive into the way that you lived your life here on earth. Jesus, we ask that you would be with us today. We ask that you would be moving in our hearts. We ask that you would allow us to hear your words and see the things you want us to see today. Thank you for everything. Amen. All right, now, a few weeks ago, it was my son's birthday. We were all very excited for the big day to come, but about a week before his birthday, I got a call from my father-in-law asking if he could bring something by, his gift. So I was like, yeah, cool, come on by. And so he got to the house and took me out to his truck to show me what he got him, a basketball hoop from him and my mother-in-law. And it was a great gift that we all knew he would enjoy. There was only one issue. It was still in the box and needed to get assembled. Now, in the past, I've explained that I am terrible with fixing things that break. Like, if something breaks in our house and I start messing with it, nine times out of 10, I'm gonna make it way worse than it was at the start. So, of course, when I am presented with something like this, I get a little nervous. I mean, he even offered to, like, send somebody out to, to put it together, but I was like, no, I don't, I don't want you to spend your money, you know, we're, we're good. We, you know, things like this are a little bit different, though, than, than broken drywall because those things don't come with instructions, which this thing did. You know, having this amazing little booklet that walks you through the step-by-step -step is a total blessing when it comes to jobs like this. Not only that, but this basketball hoop came with something that is totally next level. They included a QR code that when you scanned it, it would connect you to a YouTube video of a dude putting this exact basketball hoop together. Now, at the start of the instructions, it says like this is a four to six hour job. But you know what? For me, it didn't take that long. It took way longer, like 10 hours. <laughs> now, Kuo, even though I had specific instructions and 
a video helper along with me, I still messed up so many times. And I wouldn't realize it until I got two or three steps down the road and something didn't fit. Then I would like have to go back and undo what I had done and then assemble the hoop correctly. And there was actually one point I realized that I was putting the backboard on completely backwards. Like it would have been facing the wrong way. And you know, you can't make a layup with that water weight thing in, in the way. And for a few moments, I considered just leaving it. Like how big of a deal would this really be? Does my son really need to know how to make a layup? Is that something he really needs to practice? I mean, he can just work on his jumper, right? Now in the end, I got it together. It took me a couple of sessions over two days, but I finally got it assembled correctly. Have y'all ever had to do something like this? You know, where you had to spend all kinds of time and effort building, uh, you know, a piece of furniture. You go to Ikea or, or Target and you buy it and you, you put this furniture together. Or maybe you're putting together one of those Lego sets, like, you know, you built like the Death Star or something like that. Or maybe you needed to follow the instructions closely to know how to use a new appliance that you have. Or maybe you had to follow how to work a new program at, at your job by following an insanely detailed instruction manual. I mean, I, I think at some level we've all had to do this, right? We've all had to follow directions to a T. And sometimes we even have the extra help of a video or an actual trainer in the room with us to help us figure it out. And even with all of that help, it can still be hard and we can still mess up. Normally, with the right instructions and a good helper, we can get the job done. And we can actually see something similar happening in Jesus' ministry and how he deals with the disciples. Now, today we're going to be looking at chapters 13 and 14 of the account of Jesus' life as written by his friend and disciple John. Now, for us to fully understand what we're going to be going through today, you're going to need a little context. Uh, last week, we talked about Jesus getting prepared for his big event which would be his death and resurrection. And we saw Mary anoint him with perfume, creating a pleasing aroma. Then the next day, Jesus walked into Jerusalem with a crowd behind him and was met by another crowd when he walked in. They greeted Jesus with palm branches while singing songs. And it was in these moments that Jesus was fully confirming that he was the Messiah. And the people were confirming their belief in him. They believed that Jesus was there to save them. Now at this point in his life, Jesus knew exactly what he had to do. He knew exactly what was in front of him, and he was as prepared as he could get. But Jesus wasn't the only one that needed to be prepared for his death. Jesus also had to make sure the disciples were ready to go. So for the next three weeks, we will be breaking down how Jesus was preparing the disciples. What he did was lay out a very specific set of instructions for his disciples to follow when he was gone, just like the ones I got when I was putting together that basketball hoop. So as we read today, Jesus and the disciples are eating dinner after entering Jerusalem. And this is what the disciple John recorded. It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, 
drying them with the towel he had around him. So we see here that Jesus is fully aware that Judas is going to betray him. Jesus knows that Judas is going to be the one that gets him killed. And after that, John writes that Jesus understands and knows the Father has given him all authority over everything. Every single thing Jesus has been given authority over, including Judas and what's going to be happening here. So what does Jesus do? Does Jesus stand up and kick Judas out? Does, Judas, or does Jesus give Judas a piece of his mind? Does Jesus like make lightning shoot out of his fingers and, and evaporate Judas on the spot? No. We see what Jesus did. Jesus got down on his hands and knees and washed all of the disciples' feet, including Judas's. And this is huge for us to understand. Jesus washed the disciples' feet while fully aware of his authority from the Father. His divine origin and his, and his divine destiny. He is the most powerful being in the universe. And he was doing the job of a servant in their culture. And doing it for the guy that's going to kill him. This is Jesus showing them a few different things that we have to walk with all the time. First off, we have to have a love for the people we are leading and the people that we are spending time with. And we have to have a willingness to lay down any amount of power that we have to serve people. Now, real quick, I, I just want you to know that I am glad that God has allowed me to have a servant's heart, a heart for all of you. And I want you to know that I'm here to serve you. I'm here to help you move along your spiritual journey in such a way that eventually you don't need me at all. I want you to know that you don't need any special prayers from me. You don't need me to access God. I'm simply a messenger. And I'm sure that you've heard the saying, like, don't kill the messenger. In the same way, don't, don't praise the messenger. I'm just delivering what God gave me, and I'm not here for anything more than that. So as your pastor, my job is to help you grow and cheer you on along the way. My goal as your pastor is to make sure that you are listening to God, loving people, and linking to your community. So whatever you need during that journey, I am here, and I'm happy to help. If that means that you need someone to figure out some of the finer points of a theological idea, sure, I will help you with that. Or if you need help moving out of your place and into somewhere new to live, I can do that too. Or if you need help fixing a broken sink at your house, I'll call someone <laughs> to help fix that. Whatever it is, I know that leaders should be serving and Jesus showed us how to do that and I want to follow in his footsteps in the best way possible and I want you to do the same. Now, what's interesting is that when Jesus humbled himself by washing the disciples' feet, not everybody took it well. So what I want to do is go back and read through John's account of this situation. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash 
except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. So a couple of things are happening here. First, Peter is not having it. <laughs> he refuses to let his leader, his rabbi, his pastor, the one that he is accepted to be the Messiah, to wash his feet, to do the job of a servant. Peter finds this totally and completely socially unacceptable. So then, Jesus explains that unless Peter is washed, he will never belong to Jesus. And right after this, Peter completely misses what Jesus meant. He's like, well, cool. Well, if I need to be washed by you, then wash my whole body, not just my feet. But what Jesus is talking about in this moment is not a physical cleansing. It's a spiritual cleansing. This is not about getting baptized. This is about Jesus washing a person clean spiritually. This is about submitting to whatever Jesus asked Peter to do. This is not about getting baptized to be saved by Jesus. Then at the end here, Jesus explains this further. A person who has been bathed all over spiritually doesn't need to wash anymore. So we can stop right there. This is an idea that once you are washed and cleansed by Jesus, it is done. You don't have to go back and get cleaned over and over again. However, there is one last part. Jesus says, except, except for your feet. And here's where I have studied and I feel like what this means. Most theologians point to the idea that once we believe in Jesus, yes, we are cleansed of all of our sins. And we don't have to go back and, and, and be cleansed of, of this thing again to, to be able to be in relationship with him. However, once you believe, you're still going to sin moving forward. So Jesus will need to continue to wash part of you that has gotten dirty with the sin in the future. In the same way as when you walk through the sand and the dirt all day long, your feet are going to be dusty and nasty. And the best way for the disciples to see this would be through the washing of their feet. This is what Jesus is explaining. And the great part of, about all this is that Jesus gives a further explanation to what he's doing here. So let's take a look at what John had to write. There he writes, After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Did, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Now what's really interesting in this passage is that once Jesus is done washing feet, he changes his clothes and his posture. What he does is show them that he has gone from servant mode and back into rabbi mode. Then Jesus started teaching again. Jesus explains that they are right to call him teacher and Lord because he is actually in a position of power over them. But now, since Jesus, their leader, their Lord, has gone down and served them with such humility, they don't have an excuse to act in any other way than in humility when serving all the people around them. Jesus says it, follow my example, do as I have done to you. Serve with humility is what he is saying here. And what's really exciting for me is how Jesus explains what it looks like to be a leader here. You have to serve with humility. And when you can do that, 
you will get to experience God's blessing. So real quick, this is me getting into pastor mode. If you are doing spiritual things to just like check stuff off a list, you're doing it wrong. If you are serving people because like, oh, I guess it's just the right thing or, you know, I should or whatever, and not because you're willing to take a posture of humility, you need to be doing it differently. Because here, Jesus isn't telling the disciples the only way to serve in a humble way is to wash feet. He's not telling them that you have to follow these rules. No, what he is explaining to them is that by giving away your power to serve with a humble heart, that is going to be the thing that God blesses. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Find a person outside of your house. Find a person outside of the Akuo community that you can humbly serve. And when you find that person and you serve them, I want you to share that story with your community group. I want that story to be a catalyst for other people in your group to serve on their own. And I want this to be like a chain reaction of humble serving that our communities have never seen. I want us to start a movement that is amazing and connected to Jesus. Now, getting back to Jesus, he's, he's sitting at the dinner table for this dinner and has let everyone know that he will be betrayed. And nobody understands what Jesus means or who it is that will betray Jesus. And Jesus lets Judas know because he, he knows, right? He's like, hey, man, hurry and do the thing that you're going to do. So Judas gets up from the table in the middle of the dinner and leaves into the night, which you think would set off some of the alarms for, for the disciples, the rest of them, but they just kind of thought that he was going to go and pay for the food or give some money to the poor or, or, or something. They, they like just didn't think much of that. But once Judas is gone, things change a little bit. Jesus continues with instructions he has for the disciples. And here is what John recorded about that scene. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Guys, this is one of the most significant things that Jesus has ever said. At one point in his ministry, somebody asked Jesus what the two most important commandments were. And he replied that we are supposed to love the Lord, your, our God, with all our heart and soul and mind. And the second is to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Here, he is continuing along that same path, love except for the first time in a very, very long time, a new commandment is given. He gave a new commandment, new, as God walking this earth with the full authority of everything. We just read that, right? With Jesus' full authority, he gives one commandment to be bound to. Love each other. But not like the golden rule that we were taught growing up or that the disciples would have learned as they were coming up. No, love, not love the way that you want to be loved. No, Jesus said, love each other 
the way I have loved you. He connected this commandment directly to him. This is a Jesus-centered commandment. Jesus is showing us that all of this revolves around him. Now for us, when we read about his love, one of the first places that we go would be the cross, right? Because that's how we think Jesus showed us love, which is totally true. But for those 11 guys in the room, well, they just spent the last few years following Jesus and spending all their time with him. He loved all of them in very specific ways. He called them out of jobs. He brought a higher purpose to their lives. He elevated their status in the community. He fed them. He taught them. He walked with them. He laughed with them. And he shared with them who he was. So when Jesus tells them to love the way he did, that's what they were thinking of. They were thinking of the person that Jesus was. The way he loved them every single day. Remember, those guys hadn't even seen what Jesus was going to do on the cross yet. Then after Jesus says something that we all need to carry close to us, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love is what is going to show the world that you are a disciple of Jesus. Your knowledge is not what's going to show the world that you are a disciple of Jesus. Your political affiliation is not what's going to show the world that you are a disciple of Jesus. Your ability to follow rules is not what's going to show the world that you are a disciple of Jesus. Your love, the way you treat people, the way you care for people, the way you talk to someone, the way you lay your power down, the way you show humility, that is how people will know that you are a disciple of Jesus. Love is what will attract people to you. Love is what will point people to a life that is so much better than what they are living. Love is what will transport people to a world that they didn't know would exist. However, when you show people in your community your knowledge, or your political affiliation, or your ability to follow the rules, that doesn't draw them in. That doesn't show them Jesus. All of that other stuff, yeah, it's nice. It's not necessarily bad, but it's not what Jesus asked us to do. It's not love. And that's where all of this starts and ends. Everything in our lives, this is where it starts and ends, guys. There is nothing more sturdy to build your life on than the love of Jesus. There is nothing more sturdy to act from than this position. This is what we're talking about at Kuo Church. This is where we have to begin. This is where we have to be built on. And this is a lot. I get it. This can be overwhelming. So I want to give you a simple tool to walk around with. I got this from Pastor Andy Stanley. It's a, just a simple question that I want you to ask yourself when you find yourself in any situation in your life. It's this. What does love require of me? That's it. Ask yourself, what does love require of me? 
Ask yourself, what do I have to do to show love in this situation? What does love require of me? By asking yourself this question, this will put you on a path to loving the way Jesus did. When we show this love, when we obey Jesus' commandment, here is what Jesus said would happen. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So in addition to the instructions that he's leaving for us, for the disciples, he's sending us an advocate, the Holy Spirit. It's with us. And that's so much better than the YouTube video that I was given to help me put that hoop together, right? That's, this is really next level. So when we follow Jesus, when we believe, we get the Holy Spirit. It will lead us into truth. It will teach us everything. It will remind us of who Jesus and was and who he is and how he continues to love us. It will give us, what, let's, can we go back? I'm totally screwing that up. Yeah, just the end of the scripture. I just, I wrote that in a very strange way. I'm like reading it over here. Yeah. In addition to the instructions, he is sending us an advocate. The Holy Spirit. That's what's with us. That's what he has sent us. And that's so much better than the YouTube video that I was given to help put me, help that hoop get put together, right? That's you, was. All right, then catch that, uh, catch that audio wave, bro. That's so stupid. <sighs> okay, three, two. Now, in addition to the instructions, Jesus is sending us an advocate, something more, the Holy Spirit. It's with us all the time, which is so much better than that YouTube video I was given to help me put that hoop together, right? This is really next level. So when we follow Jesus, when we believe, we get the Holy Spirit. And it will lead us into truth. It will teach us everything. It will remind us of Jesus and who he was and how he loved. It will leave us with a peace of mind and heart, something the world cannot give. It will leave you in a place where you can give love in a way that you've never been able to. And if you don't have that, I want you to have it. I want you to have a life receiving love and peace of mind. A life being led by the Holy Spirit. And the way that you can have that is by what Jesus says almost 100 times in John's account of his life. Believe. 
Believe in Jesus. Believe that he was God in the flesh here on this earth. Believe that he lived the life he did. Believe that he sacrificed himself for us. Believe that he came back from the dead and after some time came back and went back into heaven. By believing that, you get to experience an eternity in heaven with Jesus. Not only that, you get to have the Holy Spirit live within you. You get to live a life existing as the intersection of heaven and earth. And through that, we get to bring heaven to earth every day. That's how we can help love the people around us. Now, to confirm that belief, I would like to lead you in a simple conversation with Jesus. And we would call that a prayer. Now, if this is your first time praying that prayer, I want to give you some help. I want you to feel like you are being loved. So what I'm going to ask our entire Akuo community to do is pray along with you right now. Because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You never have to go on and on your own. So if you want to confirm that belief in Jesus, I just want you to bow your head and just say something like this just between you and Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now let's just keep our heads bowed and whether you have been a believer for the last four seconds, it just happened right now, or for the last four decades, it's something that you've always known and you want to understand how to love better, then I want you to pray something like this along with me. Just say, Jesus, thank you for everything you have done for us. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for laying your life down for us. Jesus, thank you for loving us. Jesus, help me love better. Help me show every person I come across that I am your disciple. Jesus, help me show every person I come across that I love them. Jesus, help me show every person that I come across how I can love them. Jesus, through that love, I ask that you would show them yourself and that they would become interested in you in that moment. Jesus, thank you for everything. And we pray all of these things in your holy and awesome and mighty and loving and humble name, Jesus. Amen. Now, before you go, there are a few things I want to share with you. Now, each week we have multiple groups meeting up all around our area. And we want you to be a part of one. And normally, this would be the place in our service where I would highlight one. But I want to divert a little bit and talk about an event happening in our neighborhood this Thursday where you can be a part of community. It's happening from 6 to 8 p.m. It's a block party for the whole neighborhood. One of the families that is a part of Akuo has been shutting down their block once a year and inviting everyone out to enjoy time meeting up with their neighbors. Now, the last few years, they weren't able to do it but they are back with it this year. So be sure and show up to the 2100 block of West Gramercy on Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. It's like five or six blocks away from Akuo Church. Just go down Lake, 
hit Gramercy, it will be right there. There will be free food, music, and the San Antonio Fire Department will be there with a fire engine for the kids to climb into and explore. Now, if you go, be sure and wear an Akuo shirt and really love on the community. We also have a table set up and we'll be handing out paletas for this event. So be sure to stop by or let us know if you'd like to be a part of that team, linking to the community in that way, loving people in that way. I think this, that's how Jesus would do it, right? If he had the ability to refrigerate things, if they had that technology back then, he'd be handing out paletas. <laughs> now the next thing I wanna talk about is coming up in just a few weeks, it's Easter. This year, Easter falls on Sunday, April the 17th, and we will be creating an event that we want you to invite all of your family and friends to. We will start at 10 a.m. with our normal church service, and then afterwards, we're gonna kick off our Easter egg hunt for the kids in our community. This is how we wanna show love to our community. We are gonna be handing out 2,000 eggs filled with candy and all kinds of goodies. Not only that, we're gonna have some golden eggs spread out there, and if you pick a golden egg, you're gonna be able to win one of our prize baskets. Now, in addition to the egg hunt, we're gonna have, guess what, more paletas, right? Like, it's not an Akuo party unless there's paletas there. <laughs> we're gonna have pan dulce, and then we're gonna have the Easter Bunny making an appearance for families to take pictures with him. Now, if you wanna help out with this, you can go to our website or social media and get signed up. We're gonna need help with a handful of different things like setting up the field with eggs, handing out those paletas, taking picture at the, the photo at the photo booth with a bunny, stuffing candy into the eggs. We would love for you to jump in and link to our community, love on them in this way. Now the other thing that will be happening the week after Easter is we are going to have our second round of baptisms. Guys, we are so excited for you to be a part of this, for you to experience this thing. Now, I get it, some of you might have been baptized as a baby, and that's awesome. So you, you're like, yeah, I'm good, I'm all taken care of. However, here at Akuo, what we do are called believer's baptisms, because we wanna encourage people to get baptized once they understand and believe that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, that he lived the life that he did. And by jumping in the water, all you're doing is outwardly expressing what is an inner belief. And normally, babies don't grasp that. So that's something that you need to do when you get a little bit older. So if you have decided to believe recently, this would be an amazing thing for you to participate in. Or if you're like, you know what? My parents made that decision for me when I was younger and I wanna do it for myself now, then we wanna encourage you to get signed up to be baptized here at Akuo Church. The way you can do that is you go to our website, akuo.church, and then on the Get Involved link, you just scroll over that and it'll say baptism sign up. Get signed up for it there, or we will be posting it on our social media all week long. So guys, we want you to get baptized. We want you to be a part of this. This is such a great thing to do. Now, the only thing that we are able to do any of these things is because of you and your generosity. So I just wanna thank you for that. I wanna thank you for showing love in that way. And no matter how you are being sacrificially generous to the church, we want you to be listening to God. That's what a kuo is, right? We are all about listening to God. So in this decision, when you decide to give anything to the church, when you decide to love the church in this way, we want you to talk to God and ask him what you should be giving. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here at Akuo is through tithing. It's the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse which is your local church. Now, that could be the place that you get started in. But again, we wanna make sure that you are talking to God about all these decisions. 
Now, sacrificial giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family. And if things are tough for you right now, please allow us to love on you in this way. Please allow us to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs help, let us know. And we can go and help them out. All you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us directly at help at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is go to the giving link, click on it, and then follow all the instructions that come after that. We also have our text-to-tithe option. For that, all you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe or give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have a PO box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your check to AKUO at PO box 100 125 San Antonio, Texas 78201. All right, guys, that is all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love you and I appreciate each and every one of you. And I, if I was with you, I would give you a big hug and let you know how much you are loved. So before we go, just let me pray over you and we'll get out of here. So, Jesus, I just thank you for your day. I thank you for showing us the love that you have for us. I thank you for calling us to love people the way that you have loved. And Jesus, I ask as, as these people turn off their, their televisions, put away their phones, and, and close their computers, I pray that you would be with them all week long, reminding them that loving people is the commandment that you have told them to follow. That loving people is going to be the way that everybody will see that they are followers of you. Thank you for everything, Jesus. We love you. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you this week. We will see you at the Neighborhood Block Party on Thursday. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.